0: Episode 11, Active. We start this Tell Me a Story podcast with a quote from General George S. Patton. He said, an active mind cannot exist in an inactive body. Our first story dives into the motion of the ocean. We met two women who have active careers. They are in a select group of female surf photographers. They are athletic. They're also skilled and it's evident in the images they capture in some of the biggest waves that hit Hawaii. Capturing captivating surfing photographs takes a good eye. Jackie Fierro and Krista Funk both have it. It's similar to surfing in that sense where you're in the spot for a wave or you're not in the spot for a wave or you wipe out or you don't. Funk and Fiero are among a handful of female professional surf photographers, Red Bull hired to document Hawaii's big winter surf. I think it's just great nowadays seeing more women in the water, just absolutely charging and getting amazing photos. And um, I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for all these women and as they should. Fiero photographed at Jaws while Funk focused on Waimea. Working in big surf taxes the body, so they train hard for the hours they spend treading water. It's just that extra confidence that helps to go, okay, I've done everything I can. The rest is Mother Nature. Red Bull is doing the picture project to promote female surf photographers. And a lot of people told me that it was hard to do and I can I could never do it. And that's kind of what made me want to do it more. Both ladies don't want to be known just for their surfing photos. Their other work is equally as stunning. I knew that if I wanted to do this for long-term, I couldn't just do only surf photography. Red Bull hopes to assemble the largest collection of surf photographs taken by women. It's such an an amazing opportunity that Red Bull put together um, this gallery for women. And just a big moment for all of us, for sure. Fierro and Funk hope their work in an industry dominated by men inspires the next generation of girls to pick up their cameras and take the plunge. You cannot get more active than these two gals. And they are two of about five that Red Bull hired to document the big wave surf and to uh, gather all these photographs into this big collection that they're hoping to gather and make available for people to see on the Red Bull website. Extraordinarily hard work. They are in the Monster Surf. That's where they were uh, tasked with going to Jaws on Maui and also the big spots on Oahu where the winter swells come in. And sometimes they're in the water, treading water, and other times they're on the back of jet skis. It's tough too because of the fact that it's a male-dominated industry. And so a lot of times they're, you know, they, they can't get as close to some of the action as they want to. And that poses a challenge for their photography. But you look at their work and you can't tell. You know, they might be on the jet skis that are behind the jet skis that have the, the really well-known male photographers on them. But they're still capturing really awesome photographs. And it's not just the surf photography too. I was so impressed by their other photography. They're just talented. They have very good a very good eye. Jackie's background's interesting. Her mom is a photographer too, uh, who focuses on, on uh, sunsets and sunrises and things. And Jackie, because she loves the ocean, took that a step further and she got the, the water housing for a camera and got out in the water and started doing that and making friends with the surf photographers that are, that are out there getting advice, where to go, uh, where to station myself, herself. And that's how she kind of broke in Krista's another story. She comes from a Coast Guard background, a very athletic gal. And they say that she is out running with weighted belts on the sand before the surfers even get out there for the early call. She is very, very devoted to to the craft. And they're both very physically fit. You have to be because of the time you spend in the water. And Krista told me a really interesting story about being in a situation... In one of the surf spots where it was early on in her surf photography career, and she was close to another photographer, a man, and a a wave broke on them both and pushed him into her, and she dislocated her shoulder in in the water. And when she came back up, she was hit by another wave, and she said, fortunately, that wave snapped her shoulder back into place. It's rugged work. They love what they do and it's evident in their, in their work. They enjoy being in the water. And they enjoy their subject, which is surf photography really for their careers. They just enjoy the whole feeling of it. Their, their office is a playground for them. Well, when physical activity joins a stimulated mind, that is a powerful one-two punch. A Big Island program combines both, and it helps teenagers who need guidance find a productive path for their lives. At the Big Island's Youth Challenge Academy, cadets learn discipline and how to develop themselves. Kuule Kekueva is the deputy director. I know this program works, I have seen it in my own family, and I have seen it with all the youth that come here. Down the, line. Down the, line. the military style program covers 22 weeks of training for teens who need guidance. They work on projects, earn a high school diploma, and plan for the rest of their lives. I see myself as a working man, providing for my family, independent, reliable. A post residential phase monitors their progress. Terrence Summers graduated in 2019. Youth Challenge showed me that there's a consequence for everything you do in life. Whether it be good karma or bad karma, you're going to get it. There are two Youth Challenge programs in Hawaii, one on O'ahu and this one in Hilo that works with Big Island youth and teenagers from the neighbour islands. I plan to either try out college for piloting or mechanics or I plan to join the military. After 11 years and hundreds of cadets, this could be the Hilo Academy's final class. Youth Challenge is under the State Department of Defense, which is dealing with budget cuts. Graduate Levi Wilshine hopes lawmakers find the money to keep it going. Every time I think of Youth Challenge and everybody that I know, they just think positive things because they know how much it helps the youth and the community. Today, we celebrate the stepping stone towards your promise to change. About 60 cadets are enrolled in the 2021 class. For the next five months, they'll focus on putting their lives in order. We're here to help these youth become confident, start making goals for themselves. That includes taking steps in the right direction. They said that they're not making soldiers, but they are molding lives. And it gives teenagers a chance to take action on their own behalf. Hundreds of youth have gone through the Youth Challenge program in Hilo. And it's not just youth from the big island, but they bring in youth from other islands, Kauai, Maui, Molokai, and some from Oahu too. The other Teen Challenge program, the big one, is on Oahu. It's a bit different from the one in Hilo. The Hilo program takes more of a rural approach to it rather than an urban approach. Yes, it is a military style training, but they say that it's not training them to go into the military, but it's using those principles to give them direction in their lives. So the active steps that they take will be positive steps. They may have been a little wayward in their steps going into the academy, but when they come out of Youth Challenge, uh, the goal is to have them on more of a focused path. So whatever activities they pursue after that will be positive activities for them. And they really, one of the really neat parts is that they monitor the youth for a year after they graduate from the program just to make sure that they are following their own game plan. Some might want to go to college, some go into the military, and some just pursue other areas, other careers in life. But Now they have a focus. I asked the question, how do you measure success? They said, well, we measure it by what we see in the year after the cadets graduate, making sure that they stay on their career path or their life goal that they set for themselves. And that's how they measure success. In the story, you hear a couple of graduates who went through the 2019 Youth Challenge Hilo classes. One is in the military and the other is pursuing her own business interests. So they're doing well. And you multiply that by many, many youth over the years who've gone through that program. I sure hope that they can find the funding to keep it going because uh, they need it. It's, It's a really good program. For the active part of things for the the program, it it is things like cadence and marching and fixing a bed in an appropriate way, a military style way, folding your clothes and putting them away, just bringing order to life. And then they have other activities as well. The Hilo Campus of Youth Challenge focuses a lot on uh, cultural activities, so they take the youth pre-pandemic, of course, and they will again post-COVID, take the youth out to farms on the big island so they can work with the farmers there and learn about the land and why uh, farmers do what they do and how food is produced and all of that stuff. So they engage you in, in those ways and those activities. And then the stimulation of the mind too uh, through their, uh, their drills in, in the school. That's another big aspect to it as well is the educational component. The cadets earn their high school diplomas while, while they're in the program. So that's the mental stimulation part of it and the mental activity part of it. That leads to our next story. This one is about an endurance athlete and a family man who was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. But Colin Clark underwent an intricate surgical procedure that got him back on his feet. Big Island resident Colin Clark enjoyed the challenge of endurance races. Then came his battle with a brain tumor that started about a year ago. My left hand started to get a uh, focal twitch and uh that night, uh, during the night, it started to go up to my face. The former hospitality industry executive was diagnosed with stage 4 glioblastoma, an aggressive and fast-growing cancer. It couldn't be removed entirely without risk. Where the tumor was was so close to the motor function uh, that, you know, the thought of being paralyzed and unable to speak and various other things, it was just um, not the direction it wanted to go. So surgeons at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles targeted sections of the tumor. He had a possibility of having a, a, a good outcome, uh, even with an aggressive tumor like this and having you know quality time with his wife, with his daughter. After the operation, with the help of medical experts and his family, Clark worked on his body and mind. It's the simple things like um, touching your fingers, like this, I couldn't do it for quite a while. Now back on the Big Island, he's made bigger strides. He swims again, runs long distances, and rides his mountain bike. He set his sights on this year's Ironman. Terminal is all of us, I will always fight. Being medically retired gives him more time for family matters. We never look back. By being able to do all these activities, we're creating new memories and that's really what the legacy is about. The Clarks made a documentary of their journey to offer hope to others facing difficulties. We made the video purely for that reason, so that people could watch it and go, he's doing it, look at that guy, and I can do the same thing. We have a link to his film on our website. Very positive man. Colin is one positive human being. And we have to realize that because of his cancer and the nature of his cancer and the surgery they performed, which was miraculous in itself, they didn't remove the entire tumor. They took out just enough so they could restore his function because he he wanted more than a lifespan. He wanted quality of life. And so he um, he underwent that particular type of surgery so he could get back on his feet, but it took many, many baby steps to get there, and his activities were limited. His active lifestyle changed dramatically. He had to learn how to do things again, like tie his shoes, button the buttons on his shirt, use a fork, a knife, and a spoon, rebuild the strength in his hands again, and the coordination in his body. It's a miracle to see where he came from in the hospital bed at Cedar Sinai to where he is now and able to swim long distances and bike and run again. He's an amazing man. I think because of his lifestyle before the cancer diagnosis and before the surgery, his active lifestyle helped him to recover and helped him to stay motivated because he always had that vision that I'm going to walk out of this hospital he told me that he went in on a hospital gurney and he went out on his own two feet and that's what his goal was he didn't want to he wanted to be able to do that and that was a big accomplishment for him colin is retired He's retired, so he said that gives him a lot more time to spend with his family. And every minute every minute is very important to Colin, his wife, and his daughter. Uh, family time has become very important to them. Ha- being given each day as a gift is very important for the three of them. So they do a lot of activities together. And he involves his wife in a lot of the activities that he does. She's also, uh, in a way, an endurance athlete, too. So they can partner with that, with the runs and the, and the cycling and the swimming. So his life is very full. Although he has retired from his professional career, he is still finding a lot of time to do what, he, what his passion is, and that's, uh, that's sports. He's, he plays pickleball, uh, all kinds of different things just to stay active. The final story is about a young boy who is actively taking a stand to help people who have epilepsy. His name is Brennan Yamaguchi, and he found a way to help through one of his favorite activities, baseball. Baseball is a team sport, and Brennan Yamaguchi is a team player. It's really evident off the field. A few years ago, she was diagnosed with epilepsy. He's talking about a classmate. Her condition moved him to help people who have epilepsy. I just did some research on it and then thought to, since I love baseball and her family loved baseball too, do some baseball games. With his parents help, Brennan convinced coaches and other teams in his league to hold seizure awareness games to spread the message. He's one of those kids that's very helpful. He, he likes to help his friends, or actually, he actually wants to help everybody. Senator Glenn Wakai heard about Brennan's epilepsy efforts and got involved. He thought we could do a bill and we did a bill for epilepsy and seizures brennan's bill was introduced last year it calls for businesses to post signs in the workplace with instructions on how to help someone who is having a seizure brennan testified but the bill was sidelined because of covid so it's being introduced again this year brennan isn't even stricken with epilepsy he just sees that his friends and others could benefit from his good work and you know from a lawmaking standpoint That's the kind of person that you want to help cultivate, support, and nurture. Brennan is a sixth grader at Marinol school. Baseball is his pastime, but making a difference is his passion. It just was good to know that what we're doing is reaching other folks in, in the community. It makes me feel good and happy that I'm helping people. If you want to follow Brennan's bill or offer testimony, it's Senate Bill 936. Brennan hopes a lot of people join that team. I like what Brennan said. It makes me feel good and happy. I'm always amazed by especially young kids who do things <laughs> that I would have never dreamed of doing when I was that age and just being so socially involved. There are so many of them out there, and he's he's just a bright light, really cool kid. And Brennan, his bill is still moving through the legislature. It's in the Senate, and it's headed his bill is still moving in the legislature, so there's a really good possibility that it will become a law this time around. Very matter-of-fact, a very good interview. You know, he, uh, he spoke very clearly and very well about why he's doing this and who he hopes to help and why he uh, did the seizure awareness baseball games when they could play baseball before COVID happened and the pandemic shut it all down, and why he's continuing with this effort to have a law um, in place in Hawaii that it seems common sense that signage uh, be put in places so we, we know how to deal and how to help. It seems like a common sense thing that we have material available that can help guide us if we encounter someone who is having a seizure. How can we help them? Well, now we'll know how to help them if we have that right in front of us. It is very cool that he's doing this to help other people, not just his friend, who also happened to be another baseball player on his team as well, but everybody else, young and old. He's just taken it upon himself to do that. It's not a school project. It's just something that he wants to do because It's the right thing to do. I think he does have a bright future ahead. And just to let you know, Brennan's bill is moving through the legislature. If you want to take an active role in supporting it, once again, it's Senate Bill 936. Before we go, one last quote. This one from Albert Einstein. He said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving thanks to podcast producer Davis Pittner for putting this all together. I'm Jim Mendoza. Check out my television stories on Hawaii News Now's first at four newscast on KHNL. See you next time.